But when day came, it was clear to me from what I saw that the coming day was the utmost limit of her life in the flesh, since the fever had consumed all her innate strength. But she, considering the weakness of our minds, was contriving how to divert us from our sorrowful anticipations, and once more, with those beautiful words of hers, poured out what was left of her suffering soul with short and difficult breathing. Many indeed and varied were the emotions of my heart at what I saw. For nature herself was afflicting me and making me sad, as was only to be expected, since I could no longer hope ever to hear such a voice again. Nor as yet was I reconciled to the thought of losing the common glory of our family. But my mind, as it were inspired by the spectacle, supposed that she would actually rise superior to the common lot for that she did not even, in her last breath, find anything strange in the hope of the resurrection, nor even shrink at the departure from this life, but with lofty mind continued to discuss up to her last breath the convictions she had formed from the beginning about this life. All this seemed to me more than human. Rather did it seem as if some angel had taken human form with a sort of incarnation, to whom it was nothing strange that the mind should remain undisturbed, since he had no kinship or likeness with this life of flesh. And so the flesh did not draw the mind to think on its afflictions. Therefore, I think she revealed to the bystanders that divine and pure love of the invisible bridegroom which she kept hidden and nourished in the secret places of the soul, and she published abroad the secret disposition of her heart, her hurrying towards him whom she desired that she might speedily be with him, loosed from the chains of the body. For in very truth, her course was directed towards virtue, and nothing else could divert her attention.